What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we will be discussing the Asbury Revival, which is taking place at the Asbury Theological Seminary in Kentucky. And obviously, this is a major event that's rocking the internet, or at least Christian world, on the internet. And there's a lot that people have had to say about it. There's a lot on social media about it. And I've kind of waited uh, to see what way the wind was going to blow on this issue. And that is, I'm trying to test the spirits, practice some discernment on this issue, see what the fruit of this event is and where it's going and what sort of changes are going to occur as a result of it. And so far, I have five major takeaways that I want to impart to you, but I do want to give uh, a couple of uh, disclaimers or premises in understanding how we're going to tackle this issue. So the only reason that we're really going to entertain this as a genuine movement of God is because we know the character of God, that God can uh, create massive change using the most unlikeliest of sources. We don't want to dismiss what could be a genuine move of God because of the, you know, nothing good comes out of Nazareth fallacy. We don't want to commit that when we're testing the spirits. And no place is more unlikely to spark a genuine shift in the religious landscape of this country than a theologically liberal seminary, a theologically liberal mainline seminary. That's what Asbury Theological Seminary is. They are not evangelical. They are not theologically conservative or theologically orthodox. They are a theologically liberal seminary. Uh, so this is the most unlikely place that a revival could possibly happen. Yet, one is supposedly underway. So is this for the glory of God or is this for the glory of man? Uh, so with that said... I don't doubt that there are some people that are genuinely being saved through, not by, but through this event. God does the saving. I just want to be very clear who does the saving. God can use flawed, very flawed, and sometimes even very false instruments to do the saving of people. Uh, but we also must acknowledge that a lot of other people are being led astray by this movement. A lot of people are being led astray by this. 
Uh, and I also want to say that revival is not a biblical category. We are revived by the Holy Spirit, not by music festivals. So, you know, when we're talking about experiencing uh, the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, you should be experiencing the Holy Spirit already. And this type of event, while it should be, it should be edifying and encouraging of your spirit, of the Holy Spirit within you, uh, to grow. It's not the only place. It's not necessary for this to happen. So we're testing the spirits as Scripture tells us to do, and it is necessary for the church to do is to test the spirits, and. Again, I have five main takeaways from this event. But first, I want to let you know, uh, if you like this video, also subscribe to the channel if you are new. And Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. We have a Patreon-like system at evangelicaldarkweb.org that goes towards supporting this ministry. So you can do that if you really like us. Otherwise, least you can do is like the video, subscribe to the channel, and check out that free newsletter uh, that we have that comes out pretty much every day. So this was this is the Asbury Revival, and last I checked, they were singing something, but it looks like someone's speaking right now. Uh, but actually, last I checked, and I'm not sure how live that is, they were singing Reckless Love, the Bethel song. So... I first want to start off by articulating premise one that I want to impart to you is that this is not an organic event. The Asbury Revival is not an organic event. It's not an event led by students. So the first thing I want to point out to this end is that this school has a history of saying that they've had revivals. They've had, they've had a history of throwing revivals. This is part of the school's identity. This is part of the school's, you know, uh, core brand, which I guess I just repeated myself. But nonetheless, the interesting thing about this is that all of these revivals happen in February, except when they happen in March. So beginning of the spring semester, uh, after people come back from Christmas, is when these uh, revivals tend to start. Very coincidental that this revival has also started in the month of February. What's so special about the month of February for Asbury Theological Seminary? I don't know. But in addition to uh, this evidence that the premise of revivals being a core component of the school's identity, we also have to keep in mind that the entire event is being facilitated by the faculty at the school. They're being facilitated by the faculty. Uh, it's not exactly uh, a completely organic event. It's being facilitated, or student-led event, I mean. It's being facilitated by the faculty at Asbury Theological Seminary at all hours that it's been going on. Uh, additionally, the there is an exit strategy going on. If this were an organic uh, move of the Holy Spirit, if this were an organic 
movement led by students in the grassroots, we wouldn't see an exit strategy so clearly planned because I believe the plan is that they end on Thursday night with the collegiate day of prayer, which will get me into the next point that, uh, so they, they have an exit strategy and the exit strategy is clearly not student led. It's, this is where we're going to bring in the big guns to close us out. And those big guns include Rick Warren, Francis Chan, the International House of Pancakes and or, or Prayer, the, the bad IHOP, not the pancakes, but the prayer IHOP, the bad one. Uh, and then we got a bunch of other uh, people on the list. So they have this fantastical kickoff or not kickoff. That's the beginning. They have this fantastical conclusion which just shows that this is not an organic, unplanned event. They, they have a planned exit strategy. That's pretty not typical of a student-led revival uh, or Holy Spirit-led revival. And I know revival is not a biblical category, but nonetheless, that needs to be brought up. They have an exit strategy. The exit strategy seems very well coordinated, not coordinated by students whatsoever. Uh, and it's going to include some false teachers like Francis Chan, Rick Warren and the International House of Prayer or the Bad IHOP. So that leads to point number two. It is not a spectacle until it is. And interestingly enough, when Tucker Carlson reported on this event, he said that they didn't want his camera crews going there and reporting on the event because they didn't want to turn it into a spectacle. And... That seems to be in the case for Tucker Carlson, and you know Tucker Carlson was a stand-up guy when reporting on that. It when reporting that fa fact that you know they wouldn't allow his people. He was a stand-up guy about it, but it's not a spectacle until it is, and nothing screams spectacle like bringing in a bad thespian like Francis Chan or an obvious false teacher that's so purpose-driven like Rick Warren or the International House of Prayer, which is a euphemism or, you know, is basically the front organization for the new apostolic reformation. So if you're familiar with NAR and NARPOSSLES that are very big, more so in hyper charismatic circles, but they're coming over to the mainline church, uh, which is an interesting development. But the IHOP crowd, the bad IHOP is, you know, they're allowed to make this event a spectacle, but Tucker Carlson is not. So it's not a spectacle until it is, which, again, very strange. This is supposed to be a move of the Holy Spirit, yet they're bringing in all these wolves, false prophets, and false teachers in their move of the Holy Spirit. I don't buy that. This is a move of the Holy Spirit to bring in the bad IHOP to your campus. They can make a spectacle out of it, but, you know, heaven forbid, you know, Tucker Carlson do a news report on it. Uh, and then the third point that I want to bring up is that this is not characterized by the preaching of the word. It is not characterized by the preaching of the word. It is mostly characterized by worship music and personal testimony. That is largely what characterizes this event. And don't get me wrong, there is nothing wrong with corporately worshiping God. 
there is nothing wrong with sharing personal testimony about what God is doing in your life. Where we do get into trouble is that this is not an event characterized by the solid preaching of God's word, and it's increasingly not going to be with this Thursday's upcoming event. Additionally, uh, the history of revivals, you know, revival is a very Americanized concept in large part because of events like the First Great Awakening. And then you also have the Second Great Awakening, which wasn't nearly as good as the First Great Awakening. And one of the major figures that come out of that Second Great Awakening was Charles Finney. And Charles Finney has had a very large impact on the evangelical church and Christian church in America. It has you know, is a large emphasis on I was this way and then uh, and then I have this profound conversion experience, which not every believer has. But, you know, I don't have a profound uh, conversion experience. It's just not profound. It's the logical conclusion of growing up in the church uh, or at least the ideal outcome for having grown up in the church. So it's not a profound conversion experience, but the Charles Finney crowd puts a, places a very large emphasis on a profound conversion experience that, you know, f- quite frankly, doesn't hold up the scripture, is not a scriptural requirement for being saved. And it causes, it, it, it's a recipe for a hyper-emotional uh, experience-driven uh, event like this. So that's, you know, part of the DNA of this is that Charles Finney mentality. So the fourth thing that I want to say about this is that this is largely being viewed as a replacement for church. And this is actually one of the most troubling developments of the Asbury uh, revival is that they're not taking a break so that people can attend worship in the local church. This is a chapel on a theologically liberal or apostate seminary. This is, you know, this isn't like a decent seminary or anything. Uh, This is a theologically liberal seminary. It's not a church. This is a chapel at a theologically liberal seminary. It is not a local church. They don't have uh, pastors were people who are most qualified to uh, practice the ordinances of communion, or it doesn't look like they have a baptismal uh, place, but they're Methodists, so maybe they just sprinkle water on people's heads. Uh, but in any case, this has largely been a, viewed as a replacement of the church, and they have to some degree encouraged this, I mean, just think about the people that are saying, I went there to experience the Holy Spirit. The people that are saying, I'm going to Asbury to experience the Holy Spirit. Those people can't experience the Holy Spirit in their own lives. Those people can't experience the Holy Spirit in their own local church. And one of the points that I want to make is that worshiping with complete strangers is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But how much better is it to worship with believers that you have meaningful relationships with week in, 
and week out. Like, how much better is that? So there's nothing wrong with worshiping with complete strangers. But when you have a bunch of people uh, touring this revival to experience the Holy Spirit, uh, that shows, one, that they're not experiencing the Holy Spirit in their own lives. They're not experiencing the Holy Spirit in their own church. Which, you know, the answers to that might be that they're hypercritical. The answers to that might be they're not actually saved. Or the answers to that is that they're, uh, again, there's some underlying uh, traditions in American Christianity, like the Charles Finney uh, and the Second Great Awakening and whatever Great Awakenings happened after that that people like to argue about. So there's a lot of underlying stuff tradition in the American Christian fabric. And that causes people to seek that, which is not necessary and to chase a feeling that is not actually the Holy spirit. It, it, you know, and one of the things that, uh, people really like is live music. And that is largely what characterizes uh, the Asbury Revival is live music. People love live music. They get all sorts of feelings from live music. That's why brands like Hillsong and Bethel and Elevation all have largely thrived is because they have an emphasis on the live music experience. And a live music experience can be very manipulative And when you're hearing, you know, largely the song, you know, everything that I've seen from the, the, uh, revival has been very elongated worship music. Like, I don't think the songs are naturally this long. I think the songs are in actual much shorter than the way that they're being performed, but that's kind of what characterizes this. So And this is probably my most important point is that we should be experiencing the Holy Spirit in our own church. We should be experiencing the Holy Spirit in our own lives. You know, the church is not something that we chase or the Holy Spirit isn't something that we chase and get high off of. This is not some sort of dragon to be chasing. It's something that's indwelt in us. We don't need to go to some festival to Woodstock 2023 to experience the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the mistake a lot of people are making. And they're going to sit under the teaching or be influenced by a seminary that largely is not repenting of its error, of its heresy. And that's going to be the point number five is that despite the history of revivals, Asbury Theological Seminary has not repented of its heretical teachings and practices, which include feminism and affirming homosexuality. So let's cover feminism because this is a very simple argument. This is a Methodist institution. The Methodist Church has, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Methodist Church, I believe, was the OGs at ordaining women. They were pretty much the OGs at that. And that's a red flag. So 
that to me that's heresy because you are tearing apart a page out of scripture you, and every church that has embraced female preachers female pastors has also embraced every other liberal decay in the church there's not a single egalitarian institution uh, that is really standing strong on any issue relevant that is attacking the church so and then the one that is more nuanced but you know people are defending asbury theological seminary by pointing out their statement on sexual ethics but this statement on sexual ethics is first of all just a piece of paper as justin peters pointed out many seminaries have a orthodox seemingly orthodox paper statement on biblical sexual morality but they don't follow it asbury theological seminary is a seminary that doesn't follow it second of all the statement on sexuality says nothing about same-sex attraction being sinful it completely opens the door to side b theology which is what we've seen it has been widely reported by eyewitnesses that the revoice crowd is there and that homosexuals are leading in worship or leading the worship at the Asbury Theological Seminary. Now, again, it's a rotation basis, and they haven't said who specifically, but this is someone who's familiar with the people there saying this. And we know that Asbury Theological Seminary enrolls homosexual students. And again, need I remind you that, uh, you know, the theoretical purpose of a seminary is to train up the pastorate. It's to train up leaders of the church and to me i don't think if you're struggling with homosexual sin and embrace that identity you are in any way qualified to be a pastor of a church not in any way qualified to be a pastor of a church if you're embracing the homosexual identity which is what the people at asbury theological seminary who are gay largely do largely do and you know, so that's gone viral. The the statement on sexual ethics, which is side B theology. Let's be real. That's basically what it is. We've talked a lot about side B theology on this channel. And side B theology teaches that uh, there's a distinction between the sin of... Or same-sex behavior is sinful, but same-sex desires are not. Or, so homosexual desires are not sinful, but homosexual behavior is so that, of course, changes the definition of sin because Jesus clearly teaches on the Sermon of the Mount that desires, you know, that sin starts in the heart and that your actions are manifestations of your sinful desires. It's a very clear teaching of Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount. We see that also in the Ten Commandments. Commandment number 10 is about coveting. That's about an internal desire manifesting itself and that, you know, that's what commandment 10 is. It's an internal desire. So obviously we know that the Bible teaches that internal desires uh, can and are the cutoff point for what is sin, basically. So uh, with that said, uh, despite all these revivals, and I believe it was as recently as 2006 was the last revival, they have not repented as a seminary of their bad and heretical teachings. So that's... 
all five points I really want to impart, I, again, don't doubt that some people might be being saved through this event because the Holy Spirit does the saving, not these people. But we also have to acknowledge that others are being led astray. And once again, if you're, you're having trouble experiencing the Holy Spirit, don't go to Asbury. Go to a church that preaches the word of God. Confess your sins and repent to God. Uh, repent and be baptized. These are you know responses that you should have if you're really not feeling the Holy Spirit or you never have felt the Holy Spirit. Not to go to a music festival. So that's all I got to say about that. My name is Ray. This is the Evangelical Dark Web. If you like this content, also subscribe to the channel while dropping that like button. Have a blessed day, and I will catch you on the next one.